So just the other day, my social media popped my up through my feed and said, Hey, do you remember what you were doing last year? And it was this cute little picture of me and my son from last year when I went golfing with him and I had looked up while I was with him and he had his ball cap on white cap. And I realized like his hair had gotten so long and was so bushy underneath the cap that he legitimately look like Danny from Caddyshack. And so I had to take a picture and then I had to find a picture of Danny and then I posted both of them up. But what the whole thing reminded me of was where I was at this, this week last year. And this week last year, I had last minute cleared my schedule and taken time off work. I still hadn't gotten his graduation. He was graduating from high school last year, this time. And I hadn't gotten out his graduation notices. I hadn't, I had, there was just a lot of things I hadn't done yet, but really what it, what it really boiled down to was I was in that space when it all kind of catches up with you. Right. I thought I had bubbled through it a little bit at the end of February, beginning of March, because he had ended his swim season and, you know, watching your kid kind of do that thing for the last time is definitely one of these grieving moments when you're hitting that end. But for me, it like hit again in May as I was preparing for his early June graduation. And I remember it like it was yesterday. Like I had to take that time off because I would have burst otherwise. And in that time off, I did two things, right? One, I scheduled nothing really. I had like a, a massage and um, another, you know, practitioner that I went to go see that week. But honestly, other than that, nothing. It was just those two things. And I just played it by ear day by day and listened on the inside and was like, what's happening here? Something is off. Something doesn't feel the best, but what's happening? what's happening here. And I tell you what I learned in that week, set the stage for where I sit right now in a way that I never would have seen coming. And in a way that has been such a beautiful example of manifestation of going after big dreams and seeing them start to come through to fruition for you. It's been such a great example of that. And I want to share with you how that happened. So keep listening. You're listening to Straight from the Psychologist's Mouth a podcast that teaches women in midlife to unapologetically stop silencing their dreams and start designing the lives they want to live in. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie, and as a clinical psychologist of the last two decades and a twice-divorced single mother myself, I not only know how hard it can feel heading into midlife, I am living it right here with you. I've taken all the many failed attempts and lessons learned in my own life and combine it with my extensive clinical experience to give you the tools you need to make midlife the best time in your life. No joke. So let's get started. Welcome back. So you're here, which means you want to know how I 
did this whole dream the big dream and start to pull it into fruition and manifestation, right? That's why you're here. You were like, Ooh, she was in a bad place last year. I've been in a bad place. I've been a few bad places in my life. <laughs> Ooh, it's a lot, right? It is a lot. And this was a really heavy one. And for a lot of us in midlife, as we're watching our kids age, man, some of that stuff is what gobsmacks us the most, right? It's, you think you're swimming along and you're planning the events and you're, you know, getting the invitations out and whatnot. And then all of a sudden it like really, really hits you like, these are kind of grown people, not really because, you know, they're still our kids, but they're going to go out and start doing their own stuff. And I, I, like the life preserver of parenthood is really not going to be there for them anymore. Not to mention my life preserver <laughs> being a parent is not going to be there anymore. And this doesn't just happen when our kids get older. This happens as part of life transition because so much of our life is shifting. It's such a pattern disruption to how we've been living our lives up until that point that, man, we can it can hit us like a ton of bricks. Some of us grieve. Some of us get angry. Some of us, you know, double down and want to keep it the same way. It, it hits us all, though, in some way, shape or form. And for me, as I was saying in the intro, I did two things right. I took a week off when I started noticing this is happening and I just honored that for myself. And instead of planning a whole bunch of things, good idea not to plan things. I did a second thing, which is literally each and every day, I just sat down and I reflected about it. I just wanted to know like what's happening here. What, what, are, what am I noticing here? And what I was able to come to by the end of this week off for myself was I needed to have a big shift in my career. And it wasn't like my career wasn't doing what I wanted it to. My career was booming, you guys. I loved my job. I love all my clients. I loved what I was doing. And what I recognized is that so much of how I had set up how I work was set up around how I parented. And so much of how I parented had been set up around the fact that I split from my son's father when he was literally only a few months old. We tried to make it work again one more time, did not work. And uh, I was on my own with that kiddo, like from the get go. I did end up remarrying and, you know, that story changed a little bit over time, although I also ended up divorcing again. So now we're back to where we started. I don't know. Anyway, all I knew was what it, what was really bubbling up to the surface for me is I've, I've kind of created this whole how I have to do things, the rules according to Natalie of how you have to do things, um, all based and wrapped around that that initial single motherhood. And then I just let it, I set it and forget it, <laughs> you know, right? We do this and I wasn't questioning it. But there was something egging at me that like with this change with him, there needed to be a change also for me and that I was going to be able to let go of some of those things in a different way. Um, didn't mean I wouldn't grieve. Didn't mean I wouldn't be sad about the, you know, things that are going not to keep happening in order for new things to happen, but I was going to have to set it up in a different way for myself. So that's what I started to do. And I went back this cute little picture of my son looking like Danny popped up on my phone. And I was like, Ooh, I wrote a couple letters to myself, um, journaled a couple letters to myself. And I went back in my journal and I reread them because I had promised myself I'd go back a year later. Pretty amazing stuff. You guys, I 
clearly laid out, here is what I want life to start to look like. I only want to be working from my office this many days. I only want to be working this many hours with direct care. I want to be doing a lot more content creation kind of stuff. So I was thinking podcast and I was thinking writing a book and I was thinking lots of different things. And legitimately, as I read through this the other day, I've done pretty much all those things and I've not picked up and read that thing again since then. But I certainly solidified, just like I was telling you guys last week. And if you haven't listened to the podcast last week, go back because step three is visualizing. I certainly set a vision for myself and I have had that compass pointing me due north towards that vision ever since to the tune of the fact that I pretty much accomplished everything that I had originally set out to. And so I sat down and did another one because I do have some more ideas now that I'm here, but where I want things to continue to go to. So why do I share this with you? I mean, it really was all that we talked about last week. You know, step one, we got to throw away those old rule books. <laughs> they are not working for us. Step two, we just, you know, have to use our old patterns um, and falling back into that self-sabotage kind of as a cue or as a rumble strip, um, including those self-critical thoughts like you're not going to be able to do this. And step three being visualizing. And they really do work when you put them all together. And I'm here today, really, it's a brief podcast, but I want to check in with all of you about what do you think actually is getting in the way then? I mean, those three steps seem pretty you know, followable. I don't know if that's a word, but who cares? They seem followable. <laughs> they seem like something like, yes, I got this. I can do this. And yet, my friends, I've sat across the couch from you. I know I have done coaching with you. I know that things get in the way. Like uh, we have great intentions. We set great visualizations, but we don't always go back that year later and see that it's manifested in this way. So what gives, like, what's the difference between when it works and when it doesn't work? And I think that today's one like message I want you to take with you from this point forward that is so pivotal in this kind of a, a switch from self-sabotage and going back to old patterns versus manifesting and, and creating new ones is the idea that you have to feel it in your body. You really have to believe it is happening, that it not just that it will happen, but that it's happening and has and will occur in the future as happened. So I've said this often on through the last couple of podcasts, and I, I just wanted to elaborate on it a little because I think it is such an important piece. And, uh, you know, there's this old adage, and honestly, we talk about it in therapy. I, I, I know therapists, I know as a therapist, I've talked about this with my clients. I know therapists that still start, you know, teach this with their clients and there's some truth to it, but there's also this piece that's missing. And that's this idea of fake it till you make it, right? That if you just kind of put forth the effort and, and start doing the things that are in alignment with what you want, that eventually it kind of comes to fruition. And that's partially true but it's partially not. And the partially not part of it is if you at any point in your faking it really believe it's fake, re really believe it couldn't ever happen, 
really think, oh, this is just bullshit. (laughs) That's where your mind is going to follow. And so it turns into BS. It turns into not working in the way that you wanted. So if I had written down these things last year, like, listen, I want to be working from home three or four days a week. Um, and I hadn't yet gotten to the place where I, I was staying at home for the most part doing my work. If I had kind of faked it till I made it, but didn't believe that it could happen, I guarantee you I'd still be going to my office several days a week. I'm not because in my vision, I said, no, I'm going to start doing the things now that are in alignment with the version of me that doesn't go to work that many days a week. Cause I know this is happening. I know it is happening. I'm just on the beginning stages of making it look the same way as I wrote it out a year ago. And I started doing that in June and July and August. And I, I kid you not, like I had an entire plan. I mean, listen to, to back out from a really lucrative, very busy practice. I was seeing, you know, 30 some people a week. Um, and that was just my clients. And then I was seeing, you know, I had clinical supervisees and I teach and there's all sorts of things, but in order for me to, to back from that, I had to have a pretty, you know, decent plan. So June and July and August, were really pulling that into fruition. And if you're listening to me and you were part of that with me as one of my clients, you know, this, like I was way ahead of the game saying, here's kind of what I'm wanting. Here's going to be my plan for folding that in before I even was like formally sending letters and Um, you know, I'm changing from taking insurance to not taking insurance, things like that. I was talking to anybody and everybody about what this plan was. And that was my version of what we talked about last week, which is not only to have a visualization of it, but then like literally be rehearsing it over and over and over in your brain. But if at any point I was like, this isn't going to work, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to pull the trigger. I can't, I, I'm afraid that this won't work out for me. That's what would have happened. And it wouldn't have worked out for me. But instead, I was like, this is totally a possibility. This is how I got myself to fake it till I make it, though. So it's not completely faking, right? Because there's partial truth to that because it's not happening in this moment yet. But you still have to have the feeling like it is happening in this moment. And my version of making that work And I've heard other people that talk about this concept of manifesting or or dreaming big and actually putting that into practice. My version of that was what today is the step that's in that whole circle? What's today's version of I'm only working from work, you know, an office this many times a week and I'm working from home this many days a week. Well, It started as, I'm going to talk to my clients about it. That was just, you know, early days. And then it was, I have to set dates around it. And then it was, I needed to write letters around it. And then it was, and then it was, and then it was, right? I didn't know that stepwise plan. I just knew when I wrote this journal entry this week of last year, that that vision was what I wanted. And I trusted that I was going to make that happen by just checking in and doing what was the thing I needed to be doing today. And I 100% believed and felt it in my bones that it was true. I could visualize spending most days at home. Like, for instance, I was doing um, for like three months, 
I did the, you know, get, get the kit of food. I'm not going to, I have no, I have no affiliates here, so I'm not going to advertise for anybody, but you know what I'm saying? Like they send you the groceries at home and they send you the recipes and then you make them. So for three months last um, spring, I was doing that with my daughter in part because I was trying to help her learn how to, to cook. She's eight this year. She was seven last year. And you know, they're getting into that age where they get, they're curious about that stuff they want to know. And so I was trying to teach her in a way that I thought would work. Um, and so we had those, and I remember having like two or three of those meals. And because I had two or three of those meals, I was like, Oh, during the week, I'll just make those as like my afternoon lunch. I'll eat the one part for lunch and the one part for dinner. And I was, you know, picking from the meals that my daughter didn't like. Sometimes we'd get one kits and she was like, Oh, ish, it has way too many vegetables in it. <laughs> She's actually pretty good about vegetables, but meh, not, not all the time. So I, I remember like, in those moments cooking, you know, what would be a meal, like a dinner meal normally for me as a lunch and thinking to myself, Oh, I would love to be able to do that. I would love to be able to take a break in the middle of the day in my home office, go downstairs, have a nice break, put something in the actual oven or cook something on the actual stovetop, not just like stuff that's cold that I eat out of a bag or a handful of nuts, which is another classic, Natalie, oh, you haven't had anything to eat. Why don't you eat like a cup of cashews? You know, I wanted this time in the middle of the day where I could, I could cook a meal. Like I was super excited about that. And I, that was a vision. Guess how many times I did that this week? Three. Three times this week, I was home over my lunch hour and actually cooked an, a, an entire meal for myself at that lunch hour. I am so stoked that literally not just what I wrote down, but the things that I was starting to put into my brain, thinking about the picture of me sitting at the stove, making a lunch, those are all happening for me right now. So don't say manifestation can't work. It absolutely will work, but it takes more than just the idea. And if all you're trying to do is to fake it till you make it with an idea, you're going to fall down. But you're going to notice how it's going to happen now because I'm bringing it into your self-awareness. How you fall down is when your thoughts go to the counter argument. I can't do that because of this. That's not realistic because of that. I don't see myself ever doing that. And if those are the kinds of things in your head, go back to step two. Remember, you're on the right track. Step two is use that. Use those negative thoughts, that negative self-talk, those limiting beliefs as your bumpers, as your roadside rumble strips that tell you I'm going off road here and I got to come back on. So they're bumbling because they're telling you that you're thinking in a way that you used to think you're going back to that old map and you got to look back down at your compass and say, nope, I'm due north. I'm due north. This is the vision. I'm coming towards you, my vision. And you will see that this stuff really will start to come to fruition. Another really fun thing when I've when I went back through and read through what I had written down was this idea that I would write a book and start a podcast. Literally those two things were specific that I I had them in my head. Now I had had the idea of a podcast in my head for a while. I had had the idea of writing a book in my head since as early as I could remember. I'm not kidding you. Like legitimately remember, okay. Those of you who live in Minnesota with me will appreciate this, but I remember like walking home in grade school 
So we're talking second, third, fourth, fifth grades. Walking home, there's like five blocks between where I went to school and my house. Um, and uh, well, it must have been fourth or fifth or sixth grade because I didn't come back to Minnesota till the fourth grade. But anyway, alas. I remember in this springtime where it would snow, melt, snow, melt. So it was probably like March, April-ish that the sides of the sidewalk would create these ledges. So essentially like the snow is melting out from underneath on the grass. Um, but there was ice that had like formed on the, the edge of it that then kind of comes over like ledge over the sidewalk. And I would walk home and I'd crack those ledges. I'd just like back and forth, be walking on either side of the sidewalk and cracking those things down. Only if you live in Minnesota, well, only, only if you live in a place where it snows a lot and the spring kind of melts things out from underneath the ice capped snow that's like set in stone, it seems like on both sides of your sidewalk, would you know this? But hey, it was there and I remember in that young mind, writing books on my way home, like a 10, 15, maybe 20 minute walk. And I remember like, oh, and this chapter would be about this. And this chapter would be about this. I legitimately have been thinking about writing a book since I was little people and it has never happened. And just this past April, I put in my very first book proposal to a publisher. So the fact that in this year's time with this new approach where I actually believe it's not happening presently in my life as I see it, but presently in my life, I believe that the things I'm doing right now are in service to getting this book written. Like since last year, this time I've been thinking that way and that happened that never happened before. And it had nothing to do with the fact that I didn't have a vision of it. And it had nothing to do with the fact that I didn't want it to happen. It had to do with, I wanted it to happen, but I was focusing on the things like, but I won't have time for that. Where would I set aside enough time to do that? Well, what if, I, I don't know, I don't have a literary agent. I don't know how you do publishing. What, how would I do that? I got into those thoughts and that's where the plan followed. Now, when I hear those thoughts, I come back to the belief that, but I'm already a published author sometime in my future. And all I'm doing is the next right step in front of me right now. Now, some of the next right steps are, I signed you know, up for a self-publishing package to have you know, so many books done and a marketing plan and some other things done. I did that last June. So I wrote this in May and last June, I made that purchase. And since that time, that organization got me signed up in a writer's group. And then it migrated into another entrepreneur writer's group. And then it, you know, I met a group of women that made a smaller accountability group out of it. All of that never would have happened if I hadn't been asking myself in this moment, what's the next right step to me being in that future as the author? I would have just done like I had done for 46 years prior to that, where I, it, it won't happen because of, it can't happen because of, it won't do the, uh, uh, like it would have all stopped me. Same thing with the podcast. The podcast actually has been an idea of mine since the very start of learn to love your story, learn to love your story. I started thinking about it back in 2020 
And as I was starting to kind of like filter through what I was going to do and I should have a website or I should have this or I should have that podcast has been on the topic list since the very beginning. And I can, I literally can spell out for you why it didn't happen. There was a, a group that I went into in, that was teaching me how to market and how to use video in my marketing. And as part of that, they had somebody come in and speak to us about doing a podcast. And it started out like you could do a podcast. Anybody can do a podcast. But as with many of the speakers that they had, they also were selling their products. And so by the end of this, it was like, but it's a lot of complications. It's probably going to get in the way and blah, 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 blah. So hire us and we'll do this for you. Well, the one thing that Natalie has not been able to accomplish is just having tons of money laying around so that I can just pay for people to do all the little aspects of everything I've done so far. It's been a one woman show. So I did not pay for somebody to do it, but I was given a lot of great ideas of how it was not going to work for me. And I kept telling myself those pieces. Well, it's not going to work because of this. And it's not going to work because of that. And I don't have this and I don't have that. And how would I ever accomplish? And so the podcast never happened. But last May, this week, last year, when I had my week off and I was writing out all of these things in my journal, I said, there's no reason why not to do a podcast. And if, even if it's just like once a month or once every once in a while, like you started a blog, you're just going to do it. And it's going to start in January, January, 2023. What did I do? Immediately I had this podcast and it didn't start on January. Actually in December, when I was taking time off from work, I recorded the first three of my podcasts gave it a go, tried to figure out like, where, how, where am I going to put that stuff? I had a little time off and I already knew that the part of the plan for January, 2023 is that this podcast was coming out. And so I was stepping into that when, you know, when I was working to get my clients situated and with other people, if they weren't going to follow me and move my practice into a private pay situation, all of that stuff, I wasn't thinking about the podcast because that wasn't the next right thing in front of me with these goals. Back then it was that whole plan of how do I titrate back on my caseload and make sure that I'm working from home more often than I'm working from an office. But once I got to the end of, I had done those pieces, the next right thing in front of me was, and you have a podcast. So what do you got to do? Well, let's start pre-recording. Well, let's start looking up. How do you do podcasts? Well, let's start seeking out communities on, you know, social media and other things that teach you a little bit here and a little bit there. And let's ask friends that have done this before. Like, who did you use to host? And that's what I started doing. So all of this is to just say, that this has nothing to do with me not having had visions of getting this stuff done prior in my life. What was different from this week last year to this week this year had everything to do with how I showed up to it. I followed those three steps. I did it. I said to myself, no old rule book that tells me I can't get things done. If it's a rule that says that, it doesn't serve me. And so I have to come up with a new rule Then throw away rules in general. It's not anarchy, but I had to come up with new rules that meant something different. And the switch started for me with my beautiful son's face, knowing he was going off to college, knowing that how I had set up parenting and work had started with him and it didn't have to stay there. And that even though my daughter was seven and I had already gotten in some of those habits with her, 
I got to redefine how much time I stay home versus how much time I'm working at this stage in my career. Like legitimately, one of the things I was thinking and I wrote down, but this one won't come to fruition until she's over 18 was I want to work less when she's younger because it's the regret that I have that I hadn't been home more often when he was younger. So I'm going to structure this differently where I might not be making as much money in the next 10 years. No big deal. Because when she's 18 and couldn't care less whether she's with me or not, (laughs) hopefully we have a better relationship than that. But ultimately what I was thinking is I don't need to make as much money right now. That time is actually the more valuable commodity and my skill sets aren't going anywhere. My license isn't going to go anywhere. Well, as long as I keep paying and doing all the things I need to do, like my ability to make money isn't going anywhere. So 10 years from now, when she's 18, I could decide to work 70 hours a week, like I was doing in my thirties, but I can't go back and unwork 70 hours a week when my son was in grade school. So that was the impetus. And I started writing all these things down and I knew I was like, I'm going to make this happen. This is actually, this is happening. It's such a doable thing. It's such a followable thing. So I did the rules. Rule number one, got rid of those old rule books. Rule number two, anytime my old way of thinking self-critically showed up, I just used it as a rumble strip. Like, yep, of course, you're reminding me I'm not doing the thing I used to do, which is exactly what I don't want to be doing. So I'm doing it right. I'm following the compass north and you're just going to keep on rumbling (laughs) in those backgrounds because you want me to go back on your path. But no, thank you. I don't, I already know what the end of that looked like. And I don't want to do that again. I want to try something new. And then number three, visualize, visualize, visualize. Honestly, every time a rumble strip step two came up, then I would go back to a vision, at least a part of the vision. Like it's really hard to say goodbye to, I can't tell you how many clients I had to say goodbye to last year really was painful. Yes, your therapists grieve through those experiences too. And I just had to keep saying to myself, but time is more valuable to me right now than how many hours I sit across the couch. And I'm going to be doing that podcast at the beginning of the year. So I haven't stopped putting out valuable things into the world. I have a a new way of doing that. That's my new rule for that. And I would just go back to that visualization of I'm going to be home more. I'm going to be doing those kinds of things more. I'm going to write more blogs. I'm going to write that book. I'm going to do that podcast. I'm going to get that information out there. Even though I can't do that in a very intimate way, one-on-one with an individual client, I can do that in many other respects in my group coaching and my, my blogs and my writing and my podcasts. And I'm going to keep doing that. And that was the visualization I just kept coming back to. I want my time back. I can't get it back for my 30s. Can't get it back for most of my 40s. But I'll be damned if through my 50s, I'm not going to have my time be on me. And that's the visualization that I've stuck to through this whole thing. And that's what matters is I totally 100% believed it. It wasn't just about faking it till I make it. It was, it's not happening right now but I'm acting as if it's happening right now. And I'm believing that it's happening right now. I'm just only paying attention to the very small step that's right in front of me. That's attached to the bigger 
the whole thing of what this new goal, this new big dream is for me. So I hope that something here resonated for you today. I hope you're starting to hear this. I hope that over the last three podcasts that you've really kind of Ooh, I see what she's saying now. Like you're putting it together. You're putting it together with your own information. Don't forget that you can go to the notes today. You can download that dream big workbook for you that will help facilitate you in your process. Maybe the things you write down in that notebook this, this week will be things you revisit in a week and are like, mind blown. She's absolutely right. It all is coming to fruition if it hasn't already. Because that, my friends, That is really how we learn to love our stories. All right. So I'm adding a little addition here. It's the legal stuff. Just so you're aware, nothing in any of these podcasts constitutes actual psychotherapy. Yes, I am a licensed clinical psychologist in the state of Minnesota, but everything here is just educational in nature and is a suggestion of things that you could be doing in your own life to learn how to love the life that you're in instead of waiting for a life that you're dreaming of to come towards you. So just remember, this is not therapy. And if ever you need any resources for mental health, look in my notes and I'll always have a little blurb at the bottom where you can click on a link and get those services for yourself.